Auzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin ve salatu vesselamu ala seyyidil enbiya'i ve hatimil mursalin ve şafi'il mudlibin. Seyyidina ve nebiyyina bil Qasim Muhammed. Allahumme salli ala Muhammed ve ali Muhammed. Ve ala ahli beytihi tayyibin at-tahirin al-ma'sumin. Alladhina dhahaballahu anhum al-rizsa ve tahharuhum tathira. اللهم صل على محمد وعلى محمد واللانة الدائمة الباقية لعدائهم ومنكر فضائلهم وغاصب حقوقهم من الآن إلى قيام يوم الدين أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به إن علينا جمعه وقرآنه This Ramadan has been a very unusual Ramadan for us in our lives where we are not able to gather for our prayers, communal iftar, for the amal and majalis of the special nights due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tonight's majlis for the eve of the Zarbat of Amir al-Mu'minin Ali ibn Abi Talib wasalam, is being held online. It is not an easy um, task to address this majlis without the audience in front of me. However, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the tawassal of Ali, ya Ali Madad, inshallah the help of Allah will be with me so that I can fulfill this duty in the best possible manner. During this pandemic, we are forced to stay home. Social distancing is being enforced and we only get out when it is essential. Keeping the lockdown situation in mind, I would like to talk about Imam Ali's self-imposed isolation. After the death of the Prophet, when Imam Ali السلام, realized that his right of Khilafat has been denied, he decided to go into self-imposed isolation. Of course, the duration of this self-isolation is not clear in the narrations, ranging from a week to a few months. But there is no doubt that Ali went into self-imposed isolation. What was the purpose of this self-imposed isolation of Ali bin Abi Talib. Let us start with the verses of Surah Al-Qiyamah that I recited earlier. Talking about the revelation of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet, لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به O Muhammad, do not move your tongue with it to hasten the revelation and the recitation of the Quran. إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا جَمْعُهُ وَقُرْآنُهُ Verily its compilation and its recitation are upon us. فَإِذَا قَرَأْنَاهُ فَاتَّبِئْ قُرْآنَهُ And once we have recited it, follow its recitation. ثُمَّا عَلَيْنَا بَيَانُهُ Then its explanation is indeed upon us. In these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assures the Prophet of three things. Number one, جَبْعُهُ The compilation of the Qur'an. Number two, قُرْآنَهُ Its recitation. And number three, bayanahu, its explanation. All these three things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says are my responsibilities. Oh Muhammad, don't worry about it. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala physically does not come to do all these things. He facilitates, he facilitates the process through the means that he chooses to do this. According to the research done by the late Ayatollah Khoi in his book Al-Bayan, which was the first volume of the Tafsir, which unfortunately he wasn't able to complete, 
the Prophet himself would make sure that the Quranic verses were written down whenever they were revealed to him. He would actually dictate to the uh, ayat to the scribe who would write it down. The compilation of the individual surahs of the Quran was done under his direct supervision. And therefore, you know, by the time of the uh, end of the Prophet's life, Quran in form of individual surahs were already what was already existing there. And therefore, for example, in the famous hadith, quoted by at least three of the six canonical collection of Sunni hadith, the Prophet uses the term, the book, for the Qur'an. This is the famous hadith of Saqalain where he says, Saqalain. I am leaving two precious things behind for you. The first one is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is guidance and, and, and the light for you. And so hold on to the Qur'an strongly. And then he talks about وَأَهْلُبَيْتِ and my family, my descendants. وَذَكِّرُكُمُ اللَّهِ فِي أَهْلُبَيْتِ He repeats this three, three times according to the version from Sahih Muslim. He says, I remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning my Ahlul Bayt. If the Qur'an did not exist as a book, the Prophet would not have used the word Kitabullah, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Qur'an and the Ahlul Bayt are the twin of one another. And with this background, now we come to this question. Why did Ali go into self-imposed isolation? After Ali was denied Khilafat, he decided to go into isolation in order to compile the Qur'an. And this was actually done on advice of the Prophet himself in his last days. According to a narration of Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq he says that the Prophet said to Ali, Ya Ali, Al-Qur'an khalfa firashi fi suhufi wal-harir wal-qaratis. Ali, the collection of the surahs, the Qur'an that I have is behind my, my bed in form of the parchment and the papers in which it was written. Therefore take it and compile it together and bind, bind it together as a book. And so Amir al-Mu'minin gathered whatever the Prophet uh, had given to him in a piece of cloth, tied it, uh, he tied it and then he took it home. And then he says, La artadi hatta That I will not put on my robe, my aba to go out until I have compiled this. Basically, Ali made a commitment to, him, to himself that he is not going to leave home until he has compiled this Quran. This is also confirmed by one of the earliest Sunni sources of Hadith. Ibn Abi Shayba, who actually died 21 years before Bukhari, before, before Bukhari in his book Al-Musannaf, he says that when Abu Bakr was informed that Ali has confined himself to his home, he inquired about it, that why has Ali confined himself to his home? And the response that he got from Ali was that, you know, when the Prophet uh, departed from this world, جعلت علي, I put a commitment on myself that I will not put on my rida, my robe, my aba, 
except for the Friday prayers until I have compiled it for the benefit of the people. This compilation of Imam Ali is known in history as the Mus'haf of Ali, which means the Codex of Ali. Now the question comes up, that was there a difference between the Qur'an which, have, which, which we have now with ourselves and what Ali had uh, com compiled and which is known as Mus'haf of Ali? Let me make it very clear here that there is no difference in the actual text of the Qur'an. No verse was missing from what we have in the common Qur'an and the Mus'haf of Ali. However, there were two major differences. And you will see that the opinion of the Shia Alama all the way from the days of Sheikh Saduq and Mufid, which is the early days of the Ghaybat al-Kubra, all the way to our time. For example, Ayatollah Khoi in his book Al-Bayan is very clear about it, where he says that, that there, there existed a text of the Qur'an of Amir al-Mu'mineen that was different in arrangement of the chapters from the existing Qur'an is something that cannot be doubted. So he says there is no doubt that there was a compilation, the Mus'haf of Ali existed, and the difference was more in the arrangement of the chapters from the existing Qur'an. <coughs> and of course, we also know that there were some extra notes in it. So Ayatollah Khoy continues, and these are his words where he says, however, if it is true that his Qur'an incorporated editions that are not part of the existing Qur'an, this does not mean that those editions comprised parts of the Qur'an and have been dropped from it due to alteration. No, rather the correct position in this regard is that these editions were the exegesis in the form of interpretations or were in form of the revelations from God explaining the intent of the Qur'anic verses. End of the quotation from later Ayatollah Khoui. Let me clarify this in more simpler words, that there were two distinctions in the Mus'haf of Ali. The first difference was that Ali had put together the Qur'an in a chronological order, in the sequence of revelation. So for example, the current Qur'an starts with Surah Fatiha, Surah Baqarah, Surah Ali Imran, Surah Nisa, whereas the compilation by Ali would start with Surah Alaq, and then Surah Noon, Wal Qalam. And this is how it will go till the end where, when it ends with the Surah Tawbah as the last revelation of the Quran. And so that's the first difference in chronological order. The second difference was that Ali had added marginal notes, or what we might call these days footnotes, about many, many verses. For example, where was this verse revealed? When was it revealed? What was the occasion or the event where the ayat came down? And who were the people who were involved in this event? And remember that no one in the Ummah after Rasulullah could claim to have the most comprehensive knowledge of the Qur'an except Ali ibn Abi Talib He himself says in one of his statements, he says, Saluni qabla an tafqiduni. Ask me before you lose me. He says, for by Allah, the one who split the grain and created the soul, if you ask me about any verse, whether it was revealed at night time or at daytime, 
whether it was of Meccan era or Madani era, whether it was during the Prophet's journey or while he was in Medina, whether it was, it was revealed as an abrogated verse or an abrogated verse, whether it is a verse of a clear type or the allegorical ones, or whether you need its interpretation or the context of its revelation, لا أخبرتكم بي I shall inform you about it. Salawat Muranik Barar. Allahumma sallallahu Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. This statement of Ali is also found in the Sunni sources. Let me now go to another um, narration about Ali talking about himself. Salim bin Qam, uh, Qais asked Imam Ali alayhi salam about the ahadith of the Prophet that he hears from various companions. He says, not all the narrations that I hear uh, from the companions is of the same, same level. Some are brief, some are more lengthier. And so Amir al-Mu'minin then responds to Sulaim bin Qais and he explains that the people in the audience of the Prophet were not of the same level and category. He divides them into four categories of listeners. And it's a very interesting uh, discussion for some other time. Shaykh Qulaini in Al-Kafi has this narration from Sulaim bin Qais where at the end Ali talks about himself and in his relationship and closeness to Rasulullah as far as learning the Quran and understanding the Quran is concerned. He says, he says that I was the person who had access to the Prophet every day, at least once during the daytime and once do, during the night time. When I used to be alone with the Prophet, and in such occasion I had the honor to talk with him on whatever subject that he was inclined. وَقَدْ عَلِمَ أَصْحَابُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أَنَّهُ لَمْ يَسْنَعَ ذَلِكَ بِأَحَدٍ مِنَ النَّاسِ غَيْرِ And the companions of the Prophet know that the Prophet had not given this privilege to anyone but me. And then he goes on to say that, you know, sometimes the Prophet will come to my, my house and sometimes I will go to his house. When I was to enter any of his room to see him, he would evacuate the room for the sake of privacy with me. Even his wives were told to uh, go away. And there would be none with him besides uh, myself. This is the words of Ali. Then he said, but when the Prophet would come and visit me at my home, for private conversations, he would not exclude Fatima and any of my sons from the conversation. Salawat Then Ali goes on to say, when I would ask him a question, he would reply to it. And when I was silent, the Prophet himself would initiate further discussion. And there was, never was there a verse of the Quran, but that the Prophet would, would recite it and dictate it to me. And I would write it down in my own handwriting. And the Prophet prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bestow upon me its true understanding and its unfailing memory. Ever since the Prophet had prayed for me, I never forgot a single verse from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor did I forget the knowledge which the Prophet had imparted to me and which I had written down in my own handwriting. Further, he goes on to say, nothing, for, nothing from what was revealed to the Prophet 
as the halal and the haram, and nothing from the div divine imperatives and the prohibition, nothing from the books revealed previously to any of the prophets, but that the prophet taught it to me and fully grasped it, not forgetting a word from it. Finally, he says, I then inquired of the prophet of Allah, that I have never forgotten anything ever since you prayed for me, nor did I forget what I, have, what I had not written down. After all this, are you still afraid of me being forgetful? Hearing this, the Prophet says, No, I am never afraid of you being either forgetful or ignorant. This is an honor given to none other from the companions of the Prophet. And since Ali and the Quran were so intimately connected to one another, the Prophet during his last days told the Ummah that in order to seek guidance, I am living two precious things, Kitabullah wa itrati ahlul bayti, the Quran and my ahlul bayt. So let us now move on to this next question about the Mus'haf of Ali. Did Ali present his Mus'haf to the people or not? Yes. According to Shia sources, Imam Ali took his compilation of the Qur'an and presented it to the elders in the masjid. When they looked into it, they noticed that Ali had written marginal notes in which he has given the occasion of the verse as well as the names about whom the verses were revealed. And of course, some verses came in condemnation of certain individuals and Imam Ali had written their names in the marginal notes of that verses. Some of these individuals were still alive and now they were part of the allies of the Khalifa's party. And so obviously this version of the Quran compiled by Imam Ali with his marginal notes was not acceptable to them. And so we have the narration in our books very clearly. Arab al-Imam mushafuhu al-Nas Imam presented his mushaf to the people and describes its, its uh, distinctions. And one of the prominent members of the group stood up and he said, Ya Ali, fala hajat lana fih. Oh Ali, we don't need it. And so Ali had done his duty. He closed the uh, mushaf and he went away and saying that by Allah, you will not see it ever again. I have fulfilled my duty of presenting this Quran in this, with this special distinction for your guidance. By rejecting Ali's compilation of the Quran, the Muslims lost a precious treasure. A reliable Sunni narrator by the name of Muhammad bin Sirin talks about the Mus'haf of Ali and he says, فَبَلَغَنِي أَنَّهُ كَتَبَ عَلَى تَنزِيلِهِ he says, I'm told that he compiled it according to the sequence of revelation. And if that compilation can be achieved, great knowledge will be found in it. This is quoted by Ibn Abdul Bar in his book, Al Isti'ab, volume 3, page number 974. Let me end with an interesting comment by a famous Sunni theologian by the name of Muhammad bin Abdul Karim al Shahristani who is also a, his, a historian of the Muslim theology. 
He says, Why didn't they seek the compilation of Ali bin Abi Talib? Was he not better in writing than Zayd bin Sabit, whom the Khalifa had asked to compile the Quran? Was he not more expert in Arabic language than Sa'id bin Al-As? Was Ali not closest to the Prophet than the group of the companions? The answer is obvious. That they rejected the compilation done by Ali because it went against their own political agenda. The month of Ramadan symbolizes the connection between Ali, the speaking Quran, and the book, the silent Quran. The silent Quran descended upon the heart of the Prophet in the holy month of Ramadan in Laylatul Qadr. And the speaking Quran in form of Ali ascended to the heavens in the month of Ramadan. It was the eve of 19th of Ramadan in Kufa when Ali was the guest of his daughter Umm Kulthum. Ali had divided his nights in the month of Ramadan in which he was killed among his, his children. Ali was not, even, not, Ali was not only ju just in dealing with the people, he was also just in dealing with, on, with his own family. He had divided the nights among his children. One night he will be with Imam Hassan. The next he will be with Imam Hussein. And then one he will be with Bibi Zainab and Abdullah bin Ja'far. And so that night, the eve of 19th, Imam Ali was with Umm Kulthum. And you can realize if the father is there for iftar, the daughter wishes to present the best that she can to the father. But Umm Kulthum knew that her father is not an ordinary person. He is Khalifat al-Muslimin. And he wants to live a very simple life. So she presented her father with a loaf of bread and a bowl of milk and salt. When Ali saw that, he says, he says, Oh my dear daughter, have you seen your father eating two items with, with bread? Please take one away. Ali, being the ruler of the Muslim world, didn't want to eat an iftar more than what the poorest person in his domain would eat. So Umm Kulsum wanted to take the salt away so that the father could eat the bread with milk. But Ali asked her to take the bowl of milk away and he says, I will just do the iftar with the bread and salt because I don't want to meet my Lord with full belly. Umm Kulsum saw that during the night he would rest, then would get up and do his nafila prayers and other rituals. And then he would, she saw that he would go out of the room, go into the courtyard. And he would repeatedly look at the sky and he would say, Hiya, hiya, wallahi layla. This is the night, this is the night that the Prophet promised me that I will achieve shahadat. Just before Fajr, Ali got ready to go to the masjid. Umm Kulsum suggested that he should rest today and do the namaz at home and let someone else lead the prayer, but Ali refused. 
it was not only the daughter who sensed that something is going to happen. Even the ducks raised by Umm Kulsum, and these, are, these were the ducks which had been given to Umm Kulsum by the brother as his gift, Imam Hussain. Even the ducks got on the, in the way of Ali to prevent him from leaving. The merciful ruler looked at the daughter and says, Umm Kulsum, release them. Make them go free because you will soon be busy with the grief for me and you might not be able to take care of them. Ali goes to the masjid, does his, his nafila prayers, and then at the time of Adhan, Amir al-Mu'mineen then stood up himself to do the Azan. People heard the Azan and they came in large number. And then Amir al-Mu'mineen got in his mihrab, the people started making their sufuf behind him. The accursed Ibn Muljim, who had dipped his sword in a deadly poison, also took his place in the first row. And when the azan start, when the namaz started, Imam after the surahs goes into ruku, and after ruku he goes into sajda. In sajda he did the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhana rabbi ala wa bihamdi. Then Ali gets up from the sajda. Azadaran Hussain, insan jab sajda mein jata hai, aur jab sajda ke zikr pahne ke baad, jab wos uthta hai, to uska sar jo hai, tezi ke saath upar ki taraf aata hai. Ar dousri taraf se Ibn Muljim Mal'oon ki talwar bari shiddat ke saath upar se niche aa rahi thi. Jab takra hua hai, jab ye zarbat lagi hai Ali ko, اتنی شدت کے ساتھ لگی ہے کہ ولی خدا کے زبان پہ وہ جمرہ آ جاتا ہے فست و رب القعبہ خدا کعبہ کے قسم میں کامیاب ہوا خدا مندہ مجھے شہادت چاہیے تھی تُو نے مجھے نصیب کر دی ہے بس اور کچھ نہیں چاہیے ایک آواز آسمان سے بلند ہو جاتی ہے لَقَدْ تَحَدَّبَتْ بَاللَّهِ عَرْكَانُ الْحُدَى کہ خدا کی قسم اور ہدایت کے ارکان جو ہے وہ گر جاتے ہیں علی لقد قتل علی المرتضی علی المرتضی کو قتل کر دیا گیا جیسے ہی حاطف کی آواز آسمان کی پورے شہر میں گونجی ہے سب لوگ دور کے مسجد کی طرف آنے لگے علی کی بیٹے بھی پہنچ جاتے ہیں انہوں نے اپنے بابا کو سبھایا علی نے کہا حسن سے کہ نماز پڑھاؤ تاکہ نماز پوری ہو جائے اور اس کے بعد ایک پٹی باندھی جاتی ہے امیر المومنین کے پیشانی پر اتنے دیر میں وہ لوگ جو ابن ملجم کو پکڑنے کے لیے گئے تھے وہ اسے گرفتار کر کے لے آتے ہیں ازدارانِ حسین یہاں امامِ مشتبہ نے اپنے بابا کو اپنے گود میں لیے ہوا تھا اور اسی حالت میں جب ابن ملجم کو قریب لایا جاتا ہے علی کی نظر جس کی طرف جاتی ہے تو علی کہتے ہیں امام حسن سے کہ بیٹا دیکھو اس کی آنکھوں میں خوف کے آثار نظر آ رہے ہیں لہٰذا اس کے ساتھ ارفق بے اسیری کہے بیٹا اپنے اسیر کے ساتھ مہربانی سے پیش آنا امام حسن مشتبہ کہتے ہیں بابا اس نے تو ہمارے یتیمی کا سامان فراہم کیا ہے اور آپ اس کے لئے سفارش کر رہے ہیں آجمری کے علی نے کہا ہو بیٹا تم رحمت للعالمین کے نواز سے ہو اس حالت میں بھی ہمیں رحمت سے پیش آنا ہے علی کو 
کو ایک لحاف میں لٹایا گیا اور پھر اٹھا کے آہستے آہستے مسجد سے گھر کی طرف جاتے ہیں اصحاب بھی چل رہے تھے گھر والے بھی چل رہے تھے ادادار حسین علی اس وقت خاموش رہے بیٹوں کو وسیعت صبر کرتے رہے لیکن جب قریب آئے اور بیٹیوں کی رونے کی آواز باہر تک آنے لگی اس وقت علی نے کہا کہ میرے اصحاب سے کہو کہ وہ دور چلے جائے اور یہ موقع تھا کہ بیٹی کے رونے کی آواز پر علی خود رونے لگے ہاں علی آپ اس وقت ہوتے جب زینب نے اپنے بھائی کے لاشے پر رونا شروع شروع کر دیا ہے حسین ایک جب امل المومنین کو گھر میں رکھا گیا لاکے بستر پر لٹایا گیا تمام بی بی اور گھر والے جمع ہو جاتے ہیں زینب مکلسوب نے قیفیت کو دیکھ کے رونا شروع کر دیتی ہے والیا وا محمد وا فاطمہ کی آواز گھر میں گونج گونجتی لگتی ہے خدا بند اس قلی لباس قبول فرما ہمارے گناہوں کو بخشتے ہمارے توفیقات میں اضافہ فرما خدا بند اس علی ولی ولی خدا کا واسطہ جہاں جہاں مسلمان پریشان حال ہیں خصوصاً شیعہ ہے علی جو پریشان حال ہے خدا بندہ ان کے تمام پریشانیوں کو رفع دفع فرما خدا بندہ یہ یہ کرونا وائرس کی جو مصیبت ہے اس کے تمام منفی آثار سے تمام انسانوں کو دور رکھ ہمارے امام وقت کے ظہور متاجین فرما ربنا تقبل تقبل منا انکا انت السمیون علیم ماتم حسین